Hey guys, we're Workplay Branding, a visual marketing company invested in changing the way you create content online for your business for less than $500 a month. We have been using the Workplay method to launch visual marketing strategies for businesses all over North America and Europe. If you are wanting to uplevel your marketing, we are giving listeners of the Workplay podcast an exclusive video bonus offer on their first workplace shoot for free when you DM us the word podcast. This offer is valued at $1,500. And again, we are giving this away for free. To claim this offer, go to at Workplay Branding on Instagram and DM us podcast to claim this exclusive free video bonus offer valued at $1,500. That is at Workplay Branding on Instagram. DM us the word podcast. Don't miss out. Welcome to the Workplay Podcast, where we deep dive into how to create a visual marketing strategy that actually moves the needle. Take a peek inside the minds of hundreds of Workplay members who have created successful visual campaigns that have generated millions in revenue. It's beautiful to look back on your journey too and be like, oh my gosh, that's where I was a year ago. That's where I was 18 months ago. And I'm so proud of that version of me. And she's so beautiful. And she was like doing it and figuring it out. And now I get to be this even more expressed version of me. So if you look at my shoots from the beginning to now, I see the expansion of my becoming. And I would just encourage all of your clients to really lean into that because if all of your shoots look the same, you're not maximizing the experience and you're not unlocking new levels of your truth. And that is how we build authenticity because at the end of the day, authenticity is actually the highest vibration that a human can be at. Katie Soul, welcome to the Workplay Podcast. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here, Lyric. Thank you for having me. I wanted to have you on because I want to really lean into specifically how you've used the method in your evolution of your business over the course of years. Like it, it has been years and I just think that's so cool. You've done so many different things and I just want to go into all of that and how you've done that. So first, what is your business? How long have you been in business? Okay, so I am a former corporate America girl of 18 years, and I actually only left corporate America 18 months ago, although it feels like I've lived about 10 years of life in the past 18 months. And when I first exited corporate, I built an online marketplace called Mystical Living. We have products from female entrepreneurs on our website. I launched a clothing line called Love Lalette. I'm wearing our emerald of prosperity mystic robe right now. And I was just in this flow state. I launched my own podcast, the Mystical Living Podcast. But really what my dharma was, what my purpose was in my human design and my astrology and my gene keys was to step into my role as a spiritual teacher. And 18 months later, I'm 
firmly cemented in that space. And I teach a signature program. It's called our Mystical Living Group Program for women who are really ready to leave behind imposter syndrome, let go of the hustle and grind mentality, and step into this mystical initiation where life gets to be more fun, more fulfilling, more purpose-driven. So all of my work is really about taking the elevator ride down from the mind where the human self resides with the fears and the worries and the to-do lists and coming into our heart where our divine self resides with our intuition, our inner knowing. And then we get to ride the elevator back up and take action from that place of truth. So that's me. I'm also a mama of two awesome super duper kids and I freaking love being an entrepreneur. I'm curious because that transition between corporate to what you're doing now in yeah. your business, you mentioned that you like you have this certain you know what it is that you bring to the table, like that superpower power. And I'm interested to know what was that journey of figuring what that was out? Did you know that as soon as you left corporate? Like how what did that look like? Sure. So I knew that in theory, right? I knew it from astrology reading. It's in gene keys and people would be like, oh, but Katie, like you're meant to be a spiritual teacher. But that felt really distant from my life in corporate. And certainly I've always been obsessed with exploring the mysteries of the universe. So I would teach my corporate teams quantum spoon bending or do meditation. So it was not your typical corporate executive, Fortune 100 exec. I was in many ways, but I always was blending this spiritual teaching into my work. But when I first left corporate, I built my ecosystem in a very corporate way because I wasn't ready yet to step fully into my truth. And I really encourage people that you have to go on that journey. It's just about taking that next right step because I couldn't just snap my fingers and go from corporate Katie to spiritual mystical Katie. And of course, now 18 months later, I know a lot more. I wished I had done some things differently, but that journey brought me to where I am today. And it was only 18 months, even though it felt at moments like a lot longer in good ways and in challenging ways. Yeah, It's just I about taking that next right step. How do you stay patient in that process? Because it's just like, sometimes I feel that it's like, you know where you want to go, but the, the journey and the path is just, it's not clear. How do you stay the course when you don't even know what the course is? What a great question. Holy moly. Okay. So I'm not a particularly patient person. We've done a lot of shoots together and... Patience isn't my – actually, I would say most people think I'm patient, but I move at a pace that is really different than the rest of the population. I love to move with pace. I like to have an idea grounded in reality. That's part of my magic is taking the mystical and landing it into this 3D world that we live in. And that's great and easy to do when you're clear on what you're trying to land the plane on. But when you're not clear, it's excruciating. It's hard. It's challenging because you're like, I don't know where to turn. 
And for me, the practice was about coming back into my truth over and over and over and then taking the next right step. So every time I kind of like swerved away, I would start to feel it in my body. I would start to feel that intuitive hit. I like to call it in my teaching a feather, a whisper, and a brick. So I believe our our intuition speaks to us like a feather brushing us by like, hmm, this isn't quite right, Katie. Pay attention. Then it gets a little louder like a whisper. And when we really don't listen to our intuition, it comes crashing down like a shit ton of bricks. And I've had those brick moments in my life. So in the past 18 months, I've really been paying attention to the feathers and the whispers because those are the clues that have led me back into my truth. So anytime something felt out of alignment, and it happens all the time. I've talked to three friends today that are like slightly out of alignment on things. I'm like, babe, you know what? Like, you know your truth. You just need to trust it. And so that is one way that I have stayed the course is just coming back to my intuition and really listening to it. And then the big thing is acting on it. A lot of us can hear our intuition, but if we don't take action from that place, then it's kind of useless. No, I totally agree. I love tangible advice. And when it comes to intuition, especially in your business, sometimes it's so hard, right? It's like, oh, just, you know, go with your gut. It's like, well, is it anxiety or is it my gut? Like, I don't know sometimes the difference. Okay, yeah, sure, please, please. okay this is a good one because it, I think it'll really be relevant to your audience. So about eight months ago, we started having some challenges with Facebook and our Instagram ecosystem. And it started with, we we got our like hands slapped for an ad that they didn't like. And then it spiraled because we didn't notice. And all of a sudden, we were kind of in Facebook jail, started impacting my commerce account. I had to dismantle my Facebook, dismantle my commerce. But it was still connected to my Instagram, like behind the scenes. So I reached out to Facebook. I'm like, guys, like you got to help me out here. You know, we and it was limiting us in many ways on the Instagram. So we couldn't use features like many chats. We um, couldn't use some of the regular Instagram features. And it was a fringe scenario. And Facebook was like, sorry, lady good luck. Like we're not going to do anything. But for some reason, my IG was still connected to this Facebook account that connected to the commerce account. Anyway, you don't need all the details. It was just a clusterfuck. And so I was getting that whisper, like, I think you need to start over. Like we just need to let this go. Like the universe is signaling to us, like it's, it's dead. Like it's it's limiting our growth. And it was beautiful. We had a lot of followers, almost 20,000 people following that account. But we're bringing in 100,000 people or 200 or a million people. And so sometimes we have to make those scary decisions just to say, as uh, Richard Branson says, he says, screw it, just do it. And I was meeting with my coach a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, look, I'm getting this intuitive hit. It's been coming for a while. She was like, it's time. We're just going to do it. You just start fresh. So we have a brand new Instagram account. 
mystic.katie.soul. So please, please follow along on the journey. And I feel fine about it. I feel so empowered by this decision because I listen to my intuition and it's been so fun because I've gotten to like start it from fresh. I'm using my voice differently on this new account than I did before. And I have no doubt we'll go and surpass the numbers of people we are serving on the other account. Mm-hmm. And it can still be scary making these big leaps in our business. And I know a year from now, this will be like, whatever, not a big deal. But in the moment, your body is like, ooh, like, I don't know if I really want to do that thing because I worked hard, I built it, and it's great. But it was limiting us. First of all, your mindset obviously is amazing around this. And I think that that has so much to do with all of the success that you've seen just in your career, because the mind can do a lot of things, you know, for us and against us. And I, I'm curious now, like it's, it's, it's cool because you have all of this experience, but you're starting with a blank slate. So how are you thinking about the marketing in your business? How are you thinking about it from a blank slate? How are you catapulting this into the world to get some momentum? Okay. So a couple things. One is I am not narrow as much as I try to be narrow. And I know that getting lean and getting tight is great. I like to talk about a range of topics, and that is part of my superpower. So even though all of the marketing people out there would be like, Katie, pick one thing and stick to it. And I've done that in my business. I've narrowed a lot this year. I can't do it in my marketing because it's not authentic to me. I want to be pulling an Oracle card one day, and then I want to be talking about quantum physics another day, and another day I want to be talking about manifestation. I want to be able to speak to that range, and sometimes just knowing your truth I think is the number one key because that's how you're going to connect with your audience is... I am a spiritual generalist. I am not a like specific topic. I'm going to talk about manifestation all day long, every single day. It's just not true to me. And while I know that works really well in marketing, it's not my truth. So one, stay true to who you are. And then two, you know, starting fresh, I've been able to think about the aesthetics of our social, which has been so fun. And I'm like, I'm an artist. So for me, that's been a really joyful experience. And um, with this new Instagram account, everything has a cover, which I think is really trendy right now is having an aesthetic on your page. Whereas I was a little bit more random, there's much more cohesion. And then there's a really clear title on each cover photo, which I love because then When I'm looking at other people's accounts, sometimes I see something they post and I'm like, oh, like I want to learn more from this person. So I really thought about it from that lens is, okay, if my audience sees something I post, they resonate, they come to my feed, I want them to be quickly able to get to the topic. So if they want a manifestation hack, it says manifestation hack. If they want to say like, bye-bye nine to five, they go to bye-bye nine to five. I mean, we have like 12 posts. So 
those are just a few examples. But those are the two things that I've learned on my journey is you have to be you. And having a cohesive aesthetic is really helpful to your audience so that they can find things quickly. I love that you say that because I think having an aesthetic, you know, as like the rise of Instagram happened, there was a whole boom of how do we create an aesthetic? And it's almost like we're trained as consumers to be attracted to aesthetics. And I think there's a deeper thing here with branding when it comes to aesthetics too. And there's a strategy. You can now build a brand strategy that actually serves you. Like you can talk about all of these things while keeping the path really clear for people, like you were saying, with cover photos, with an aesthetic. And it makes people excited to actually come and engage with your brand. It's like you're stepping them into a whole new world that's yours that you've crafted. And I would love to connect it back to the photo shoot process too. Because for me, every time I do a photo shoot with you, I'm unlocking a new level of myself. I'm stepping into a new version of my becoming. And so that also brings my audience along the journey too, because I'm more fully expressed. I'm more me. I'm more in my truth every single quarter. And I know it feels like, how could you possibly do four photo shoots a year? How could you possibly like change that much, but you do when you allow yourself to unlock further and further layers. Like I have a shoot coming up with Lyric in Miami, and this is the most out there shoot I have done yet. And I'm sure a year from now, it'll be like, oh, I'm at a whole nother awakening within myself and having those shoots and really leaning into okay, who am I showing up as? Who am I stepping into? How am I expressing myself is really important to tap into before you go into the shoot because it's such a beautiful opportunity for you and your growth and your becoming and the curation of it all and the outfits and like, whew, and your yeah. audience feels that energy. You're an interesting one to talk about this with because you've dabbled in so many different areas like you've and that's exactly how you are. And yeah. so it's interesting because I almost it almost feels like to me going back to what you said about t actually taking action on some of these yeah. things, especially when you're transitioning from corporate into entrepreneurship, full-time entrepreneurship, yeah. is if you're not taking action, the business is probably stagnant. And so if you're taking action, there are projects yeah. and things that you're working on constantly that need visuals attached to them. So just from a tactical standpoint, the quarterly shoots are important for that. But from a storytelling standpoint, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it almost feels like it gets you even more clear too, because now you have a oh, tangible no. thing. You have a tangible asset for your vision. Yeah. What does it look like when you get that back? How do you use that? Where does it go? Totally. So for me, I always tap into like the frequency I'm stepping into for the year. So for this year, the frequency is ecstatic and like that holds an energy to it. So we're like doing this like wild sort of 70s vibe. It's very sensual and sexual and erotic and ecstatic and like higher states of bliss coming in 
to the energy of that shoot because that's the energy I want to cultivate on my website where I'm going to use the assets, in my social where I'm going to use the assets, in Goss Magazine where I'm going to use the assets because I get to leverage these assets in so many different places in my ecosystem. And it's beautiful to like look back on your journey too and be like, oh my gosh, like that's where I was a year ago. That's where I was 18 months ago. And like, I'm so proud of that version of me and she's so beautiful and she was like doing it and figuring it out. And now I get to be this even more expressed version of me. So if you look at my shoots from the beginning to now, I mean, it's really, when I look at them, I see the expansion of my becoming. And I would just encourage all of your clients to really lean into that because if all of your shoots look the same, you're not maximizing the experience and you're not unlocking new levels of your truth. And that is how we build authenticity because at the end of the day, authenticity is actually the highest vibration that a human can be at. We often think it's love, but the Spain scale that they study this when they look at all these different ways a human can experience emotions, being in your truth is the highest vibration. And that's really what I'm always going to be striving to do. That's what I'm going to be doing with my clients all the time is just with my friends, bringing them into further and further versions of their truth. Because when we're not in our truth is when we get stick, we get stagnant, we get unhealthy, we get blocked. We're like, we talk a lot about energy and the work I do, and there's different seven energy states we work with from powerlessness, where you're kind of in that victim, to anger, to rationalizing, to care and compassion, to win-win, to alignment, and then to like this really esoteric flow state, this I am presence at the end. We all experience those different energetic states. And when we're feeling in those lower states, we're generally not in our truth. We're not in our alignment where you can still be successful. I was really successful. I was a great corporate executive and it was my zone of excellence, but it wasn't my zone of genius. And that's really what as women we're being invited to do right now is to step into our zone of genius, into our fullest expression. All of those dreams that are seated inside you are seated for a reason because they're meant to come out. You know, if you're sitting there like in a stuffy, my my office was glass, like a glass office, like literally I was in a box. You know, that wasn't my destiny. And there's nothing wrong with it. You know, if that's your dharma and you're really built for corporate America, that's beautiful. I'm not saying everyone has to be an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship is like a spiritual journey in and of itself. So, you know, you don't have to sign up for that. But coming into alignment with your truth is really when you get into these flow states where just amazing miracles start to manifest into your life. I'm in total agreement with you here because I can see from a founder's perspective in, inside of at least just a visual marketing container, I can see how when people are in lower states that the visuals are super hard for them. Like they're like, oh my God, like 
It's another thing for them to do. It's And when it doesn't feel authentic, because you're in that lower state, it feels almost like work. Whereas when you are in a higher state, it feels like fun, joyful, like we're just creating art, as you said. Okay. I'm, I'm interested to know, how do you do your creative process before coming to the workplace team to say, hey, we're doing a 70s theme, blissful, you know, this whole idea. What does that process look like for you before you communicate that to the workplace team? So I am probably not your typical client because I'm like real free flowing and trusting of this whole like, it just always comes together for me in the most beautiful way. So I didn't even have the 70s kind of vibe in my mind. It was just, I'm also a non-specific manifester. So for me, I think it's important to know if you're specific in human design or non-specific. How do you know that? You can go on myhumandesign.com and you can look it up. But most of the population is actually a specific manifesting type. So if I were one of your clients who is a specific, I would like really get clear on like exactly what I want the shoot to look like, the locations, the feeling, like I w- and I would really detail it out. I'm not a specific, I'm a non-specific. So all I went on was, okay, I have this word of the year, ecstatic. And I'm going to beam the team. I like to keep my shoots relatively simple and just do a couple locations. I mean, we've definitely done ones where we're like all over the world and that's fun and it's an energy. But for this one, I want it to have a few locations, keeping it really simple. So I reached out to the team and I said, hey, I'd love to do a pure space. They sent me back like 10 options. One was this like sexy 70s theme. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's the one. I booked it in like the next two minutes. They were like, don't book it yet. Like I was like, no, 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 I have to get it. Like this is the one, this is where we're doing the shoot. And it just sort of was this beautiful flow state. So I didn't even have that vision until your team sent back to me these peer spaces. And then I was like, oh, that like no doubt is the one. And you just kind of have fun and flow with it. And then for me, you know, my background's in retail. I was a retail executive. So curating the outfits and I have my own clothing line. So that is like my deepest joy. And I, I can imagine that's not the same for everyone, but playing with like, Ooh, like how do I want to show up in my body? You know, I'm doing more ecstatic dance. I'm expressing my body in new ways. Like what is that energy that wants to come through? And I really try to build out the outfits around that, but that is also my zone of genius. So to be fair to everyone, like that's just a strength that I have in my toolbox from spending a career in retail. And for people who don't have that, like, innate muscle, I would encourage them to lean on people that do. You know, you guys have great stylists. You have people in your networks that like, I'm not going to use a workplay vision board like that. That's not necessary because of my background, but for people who like aren't sure about the style, the vibe, like lean into all the beautiful resources that the workplay team provides because then, you know, 
you start developing that muscle. And, and I would say also, you know, if you're new into the program, the first shoot is a lot. So whenever I'm like talking to a friend who's like coming into the method for the first time, I'm like, okay, so the first shoot just like level set expectations. It's a lot. You're going to be overwhelmed. You're going to be exhausted. You're going to feel like, like it took you like a week to prep the outfits and do all the things. And as you go on, it's like anything in life. You're building that muscle. It gets easier as you go and getting, and you might have some nerves with the first shoot. You might feel stiff or like uneasy, lean on your photographer to help you like loosen up, you know, they're your partner, you know, it's a creation of art together. And then when it comes to the end, you know, some of my friends will be like, oh, I asked to retouch this or the team. I'm like, I don't do any of that. I just, I take what I get and I don't get upset and I move on with life and I just start using it. So like, don't get so bogged down in all the details. I'm sure you guys do a beautiful job retouching and all of that, but I think what you deliver me is absolutely stunning and gorgeous and usable right away. And I'm not a details girl. And like going back and forth on that would be torture for me. So you give me so many beautiful assets that there's plenty to choose from. And don't get obsessed with like every picture should be perfect. I don't, I mean, I probably use actually really use like 20% maybe, maybe 30% of what you give me. And that's the way it was designed. It's designed to have you having options so you don't feel pigeonholed into one particular direction or select few of images that we pick for you. We would never want to do that because at the end of the day, you know what's authentic. And an image, if it speaks to you, you should be the one to select it. You know what I mean? It's a muscle, right? Yeah. Not everyone coming into the workplay method is has this muscle already. Totally. But I will say that if you, and I will die on this hill, if you are in charge of your marketing, your lead gen, your sales, you are also your brand's creative director because yeah. that's how you're connecting with the audience, with your customers, with the narrative that is your brand, you have to learn that muscle. And I think the workplay method, yes, we give you resources, but we also push you to train that muscle because totally. it's going to feel more authentic. We would never want to give you the answer to that because it wouldn't be authentic to you because it's not coming from you. Really? And I would say one thing that I found is I've tested a lot of what do I outsource? What do I do myself? And what I've really learned is I have to do my social myself. I have to do my reels. I have to do my copy. I, it's just the way that I can connect with my audience. I don't schedule it all out. I do all of it on the fly, but I have all these easy to pull from resources. And then when I get a ping of this is what you need to talk about today, I, you know, carve out 20 minutes, I write it all up and boom. And then sometimes I'll reuse that content on an email or another asset. But for me to genuinely connect it has to be my voice. And I've tried different ways to outsource and it it's an option, but it doesn't resonate because you can more. feel it. It's a different energy when the founder wrote it and the voice of the brand or the spiritual teacher 
or when AI wrote it or when a copywriter wrote it. And I, I like, I love all of those options. And if you can really get in a groove with somebody on like knowing your voice, it's a beautiful path. But for me at this stage in my business, and it might not be my forever, I have to do my content. I think that's so important to address because so many people come in and just business owners in general, and they want to outsource so many things. I, I'm on this new groove. You're probably on this too, where I just want everything in-house and the things that can be out or have to be outsourced. That is like an actual skilled level where it's like, okay, we don't have the budget to hire that in-house then. Yes, of course. But things like copywriting are so deeply connected to the brand and the customer. I don't think people realize successful people in general, successful companies, and even the most successful people in this program, in this method, they all write their own copy. They all manage their own socials and they use the method for assets because at the end of the day, it's never going to be a hundred percent you if someone else is writing it. And I think that you can get to the point where you can scale that, but I think it always will have to be in-house. Like I, I can tell when someone's using a social media manager totally. to like post things. There's, there's almost like a, I don't know, like a wall, a glass wall in between totally. that customer. <laughs> yeah. And like, I'm all for outsourcing things. I outsource like all my tech. I outsource all my dev. I outsource the production of my podcasting because those are not my zone of genius. Those are not things that I want to do. And the things where I'm connecting directly with my audience, when I'm recording a podcast, when I'm sharing something on social or YouTube or wherever it might be on my website, like that has to be me. I can't have somebody else write my sales page for me. I can't have somebody else write my social copy for me because it's it's not me. And at the end of the day, probably one of the things I wished I had learned earlier in my entrepreneurship journey is you are the brand. And I would have built a personal brand first, knowing what I know 18 months later, And I've more recently built my personal brand and my own personal website, katiesoul.com. And I would have built katiesoul.com first and then Mystical Living second, knowing what I know today. So anyone who's like early in the journey... Take, take that lesson on oh building God, a personal brand. Literally one of our number one asked questions is, should I build inside of the process? Should I use this account for personal branding or should I do it for the company branding? What was the biggest switch when you realized that that was more of the better strategy to go personal brand first? Yeah. So we actually went to a nine box on mystical or mysticalliving.co Instagram. So it's a, or maybe it's a 12 box, but it's just like, it just is what it is. People can go there to shop the marketplace or listen to the podcast. And I don't know the exact moment that it flipped for me. But at some point, maybe like six, eight months ago, I was like, 
I don't know. It was just like that moment where you get the feather, the whisper, and you're like, oh, it's me. You know, they're buying from me because they trust me. And at the end of the day, I we have beautiful products on our marketplace, but actually talking to the volume of all of those, it's a lot. But when I can talk to my relationship with the founders that are on our marketplace, when I can have them on my podcast, it's more organic, it's more natural, and it's about our connection. You know, the people that are on our marketplace are people I know personally. They're female entrepreneurs I believe in. And when I was talking about their products, it didn't have the same resonance of talking about the connection, the relationship, the why, because ultimately we really want to buy consciously. We want to have something in our homes that feels good, that feels in alignment, that there's a story behind, that you like heard it on a podcast, that you have a connection to. It just feels differently. It carries a different frequency than when you go on an Amazon and you buy a candle or a lipstick, you know, versus like, you know, the story of sacred child beauty or pause play wellness is this beautiful candle company that we work with. And Rachel, who's the founder, she does this cool concept on each of her candles. One, she like has crystals and Reiki infuses them, which is beautiful, but she has a QR code on each candle. And when you scan it, you can choose to pause or play. She has a playlist or a meditation. Like, you know, that's just beautiful. And she's amazing. You know, it's just, it's so creative and interesting. And she's like literally making these candles in her apartment in California. Like it feels different than when you just like go to home goods and buy a candle. It's interesting too with the this new age of influencers and how that has trickled down into business owners and business owners are now influencers and it, it's almost like every big product company brand that it started with a community around the founder, around the story of the brand. If you look at these huge product companies that have just skyrocketed in different marketplaces and you track it back, there's always a community aspect that the founder has cultivated. And then the community gets obsessed and goes down the product path. And you now have influence over how the community purchases different things or different products. It's interesting with the product companies because it can feel a little different, especially when a service-based company is more like forward-facing. It's someone's that is easier to connect with. I can see how that would be really confusing as a product company, but I've just always noticed that Mm -hmm. it's always coming back to a community centered around some sort of ethos or founder or something. Totally. And even just this week to very large companies reached out and want to do a collab on the marketplace. And one is like a brand I'm super obsessed with. So I'm really, actually, I love both of, both of the companies that reached out. They're like super in alignment. 
And I think that's what's interesting too, is when we're in alignment, when we're in our truth, these opportunities just magnetize to us. These are like dream things that just came in this week that I would have never, it, was, it wasn't even on my radar to think about reaching out, nor did I know either of these companies had this opportunity. And so more to follow on. I can't share because it's yeah. really fresh what the two are, but they're just so in alignment. So when we're in our flow state, when we're in our truth, that's when you know things just start to flow in. Whereas in the beginning of my journey, it was like, calling people and like trying to figure out. And honestly, the marketplace really wasn't my dharma. That's what I should have built last. And that's what I would have done in the future. It's beautiful and it'll be an important part of our business as we grow. But I wouldn't have done it first, knowing what I know now. I'm curious to know your take on this because I see certain patterns in in the market, in industries, when it comes to opportunities coming, as well as putting yourself out there visually and yes. in this way, do you think your visuals played a role in how someone was perceiving you for a collaboration? What's your stance on that? Because I, I just see certain patterns with workplace members where they will start putting themselves out there, whether it, and I'm not very big on like the image sells the thing, like that's the only thing that's happening, but I am really big on what happens through the process of creating the visuals that almost attract certain things and have people and opportunities perceive you in certain ways. I'm interested in your take on that. Totally. And I can think about like, so we had these two this week. I've had three publicists reach out recently for people they represent for my podcast. And there was a third one that just came through. I lost it though. Anyway, we have all these like interesting opportunities ping in. Oh, the other was Goss Magazine reached out to me and just out of the blue. And they reached out because of my social feed. So they saw my social feed and they were like, hey, you know, do you want to be in this issue with Marie Forleo? It's like, sure I do. That sounds fun. And we were able to build a really quick relationship and I'm going to have their founder on my podcast shortly. And, it, you know, it's just this natural network. But for them, the visuals and the truth I was speaking played a role. I think when it came to podcasting, I launched a podcast. I was sharing my voice. I was taking action. I was doing the thing. And then it magnetized in some, you know, some great publicists with really amazing clients that my network is so wide that I could run my podcast for the next five years and not need somebody outside my network to come in. So we'll see what all that entails, but how we show up and use our voice, how we represent ourselves visually, it all matters. I am a firm believer of that. And people know when you're in your truth and when you're not. So if you're not in your truth, it's going to feel grindy. And that's why I built a whole program on coming into your truth because it's a muscle we need to build. It's not like something we like Sure, I could see in my human design I was supposed to be a spiritual teacher, but I didn't know how to get from point A to point B. 
And now that I've done that myself, now I get to teach other people how to get from point A to point B. And like you, Lyric, because I have a corporate background, you just have the mind to do it, is like I blending corporate and mystical, Katie, is really important because we have to ground these ideas into reality. And that's part of my magic and part of your magic too, is while you didn't have the corporate journey, you're so good at grounding things into reality and coming up with processes and flows and systems that give people that level up experience. I mean, I am blown away when I sent my photos to Goss because they they invited me to do a photo shoot with them. And I'm like, I don't know, I have like really great photos. And I sent them a bunch and they were like, oh my gosh, these are so great. And they were like, we don't really, we usually like to use our own photographer and have you come here and do a shoot. They're like, but we approve these. They're amazing. We love them. Which is just like a great testament to the quality at this amazing price point that we get through the workplace method. Well, that makes me so happy to hear. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's all about, right? Is like creating, being authentic as you create, having the abundance of shoots to create and to mess up, do good things, mess up some more, pivot, all these things. I think that's what's so great about doing the four because you will automatically have the space to to pivot. I want to give current workplace members some good juicy advice from you because you've been in this process for years. So I want to make sure that they can get some advice from a, a veteran who's so successful getting all these opportunities. So I would love to know what does prep look like the day before a workplace shoot? What are some things that really get you ready in the zone and ready to be in front of the camera? Mm, so good. Okay, so what I really like to ta- – one, I'd say the day before, it's about like the practical stuff. Like do I need flowers for the shoot? Am I like in a place where I have access to them? You know, if I'm doing a shoot at home, it's really different than if I'm doing a shoot on the road. So what things do I need to be prepared and organized? Like I might use some sage or some Palo Santo or some Oracle decks in my shoots. Fresh flowers are always like so lovely. So the day before is just getting the practical stuff together. And then the morning of the shoot, I typically do makeup professionally because it makes me feel good and confident. And that's not something that, you know, I can do my own makeup, but it's not my like superpower. So I love to start the morning with having my makeup done. Sometimes I'll do my own hair. Sometimes I'll have them do my hair, whoever it is, wherever we are. And then I really tap into the energy. So like the energy that I'm bringing to this next shoot is ecstatic. So I want to feel into that. So for me, that's probably like really moving my body around in the morning, like starting to like just get loose and like I might want to like throw my head back and just really like feel into that frequency, that energy of ecstatic that I'm going to bring to the shoot, like that bliss, that openness, that expansiveness. And 
tapping in that way is the best way that I can prepare. Because like if you're going in a shoot all stiff and like grumpy and neurotic about it, like it's not going to be fun. And for me, like these shoots are so much fun. And sometimes like it is not all dialed in like – and that's I'm cool with that because I have an immense trust in the process because I've been doing it so long. And I would just say to you, like, don't get so caught up in like, we need to be here at 110 and here. Like, there's a structure and there's a plan for a reason. And like, sometimes something goes awry. For me, everything that's gone awry has led to like the best possible. I mean, I can't think of a good example. We've had like so many ridiculous things happen on our shoots and they've been like the best things going awry because then they led us to a different location or they led us to flex or just like, so just have like so much fun with it and try to loosen up. Don't be uptight. Like, cause that energy, if you're uptight, if you're grumpy, if you're flustered, going to show up in the photos Mm, yes and the serendipity of the things going wrong oh my god so beautiful like sometimes sometimes you don't even realize something's going wrong to make space for something to go really right that wasn't even on the plan that's why I'm like okay yes like you said there is a plan yes and that's to make sure everyone's organized the day of the shoot we feel really held by the process but once you're on the it's like it's like game time if you're an athlete you kind of get this you step onto the field, you've practiced, you've got everything. But at the end of the day, when you're playing, when you're on the field, it's you got to go with what's feeling right. And that's when magic happens. Yeah. So be open to the magic of the day. This obviously is a very unique process. Why do you think it's worth it for members to do this four times a year rather than the traditional way of how it's typically done, like once a year, maybe once every few years? Why do you think it's worth it to do it in this way? Okay, so I never did it any other way. So this is just my perspective because I'm sure there's most people probably did it the traditional way because like... I was living my life in corporate America. You know, I like went downstairs in our building and got a photo every couple of years. I mean, it was, you know, I didn't do photo shoots. I would, you know, I had creative teams reporting into me. So I went to a lot of photo shoots during my corporate career. So it wasn't something I was unfamiliar with, but there, there were a lot of resources and stylists and makeup and props galore and you know, here it's like you yourself and your photographer kind of like piecing it all together. When you guys first, when I first got into the program, I was like, I can't possibly use four shoots a year. And yet I do. And I really use the content of four shoots a year. I think every year I I do at least three, but usually four. And in the beginning, I was like, I don't know, like, how am I ever going to need to use, like, how would I, but you do, because when you're an entrepreneur, like, you're moving at a pace where I say in entrepreneur life, one month equals one year. Like, I do feel like I've lived, like, 18 years of life in my 18 months out of corporate America. So, like, things just move at a pace that's really, like, moving and grooving and rapid. So you are going to use that content. And you get to this up level through it 
that you probably didn't even know you need. But every shoot is an invitation into the next version of your becoming. And it's yours to choose if you want to take that. But I always take it because I'm like, oh, yeah, like I get to be like, who knows what I'll be two shoots from now. I love that we got you before <laughs> the traditional way got you because I know, me you too. just like because <laughs> I, I really feel that because you do that every quarter and you do it four times a year, at least four times a year, yeah, you're able to just get a reflection back to you so much quicker in terms of what you're doing in your business, in the world, these asks. That's so unique. It's a unique thing about you how you just didn't do it any other way. <laughs> I know. So I don't know another way. So I love that. I love this way. (laughs) I'm glad that you love this way. So if you could give one piece of advice to workplace members going through this process, maybe about to go through this process, what would it be? Like, just chill the fuck out. I mean, honestly, because I've referred so many people into this process, they all call me the week before their shoot. And they're like, Katie, I'm in a panic. This is so much. Oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to do it. And like, I want to retouch every photo. And blah, blah. I'm like, oh my gosh, just have fun. Just enjoy this experience. You're going to get beautiful photos. Things might go awry. You're going to have these miracle moments that just come in that you can't expect if you're in the right state of mind. So when you bring and show up in your joy, and I would just say to everyone, like, really say, like, what's the one thing I'm trying to communicate to my audience and hold that frequency through your shoot? So if you're focused on magnetism or for me, ecstasy, like whatever that might be, like really tune in to that frequency and then emanate it out because everything's energy. So you in that state, like your cells in that state, it comes through the photo, it translates to your audience and it matters. Like that's going to be felt more than anything else. So have fun, chill the fuck out and pick one frequency that you want to emanate through the journey. Thank you so much, Katie, for being on the Workplay Podcast. This has been such a treat. I want everyone to know about the things that you're doing in your business, the program, because you do have a gift for Workplay listeners. Where can everyone find you? Let us know all the things. Okay. So there's lots of places you can listen to the podcast on Mystical Living, shopmysticalliving.co. And we have a really special gift for Workplay members. If you visit katiesoul.com, backslash courses. We're giving everyone in the Workplay Method 30% off my signature program, which is the Mystical Living Group Program. It's a program for women who are ready to leave behind the imposter, step into their radical truth, really get clear on their purpose, and live their too-good-to-be-true life. I did it, and now I have the great pleasure of helping others on their journey of taking radical responsibility in their own lives. So the code is WORKPLAY30 for 30% off, and you're welcome to join anytime. We're always enrolling new students, and it involves group coaching with me every week, six different modules, and a daily Instagram group because when you're creating immense change in your life, you need really high touch support. And as much as I love a course, 
it's not enough when you're creating big, big change. And that's why this is a high touch group program. And connect with me on social too, at mystic.katie.soul. I'm getting used to the new one. It's a great program for anyone who's like in transition. I know a lot of you potential workplace members, current workplace members are in a mode of transition. That's a perfect opportunity as you're going through the workplace method to also be doing that deep work because it's going to show in your visual marketing strategy. It's going to show in your business strategy. It's just going to show up everywhere. So we'll leave that in the show notes. And thank you so much, Katie. Oh, thank you, Lyric. I can't wait to see you in a couple weeks in Miami. We're going to have so much fun. (laughs) This episode of the Workplay Podcast is brought to you by Workplay Branding, a visual marketing company invested in changing the way you create content online. In 2019, they revamped the Workplay method and have been using this exact process to launch businesses' visual marketing strategies all over North America and in Europe. Head over to WorkplayBranding.com to learn exactly how you can launch your visual marketing strategy and cohesive brand for less than $500 a month.